I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part, for every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. And today we're discussing this buzz for you. Yeah, we're discussing the business of weed, marijuana, or like Rastaman like to call it, ganja. We're discussing the business behind this. Is it for you or is it not? Or what, in other words, is this buzz for you? So, Matt, take us to commercial and let's get this show popping. Thank you, Sean. This sponsorship break is brought to you by Clean. Clean is a financial literacy program designed to educate youth in a fun and interactive way through class lessons, workshops, and web seminars. To bring it to a school or organization near you, please visit www.financiallyclean.com. Today, marijuana is the largest crash crop in the U.S. 77% growth rate over the last few years and an estimated 700% growth rate. It's bigger than corn, bigger than cotton, and wheat. Some of my friends said to me, why the hell are you doing a show on marijuana? Well, I am a businessman, and with these returns, why wouldn't we share this show with people? I have never, ever, ever, ever smoked marijuana in my life. But if there is an opportunity to make money, then I'm all in. Now, Derek, why do we feel we need to discuss this, Buds, for you? Look, Sean, I get it. The cannabis industry is booming. Even with several states making record profits off of it, there's still tons of money to be made, and I'm sure our listeners wanted to find out how. Now, Sean seems to want to jump in head first into the industry, but even with the potential gains, I'm still skeptical. Oh, yeah, Mr. Skeptic, Mr. Skeptic, I think you need to get a little weed yourself, and maybe you might open up your mind, my (laughs) brother. Anyhow, with that being said, we're going to get it popping, and we're going to figure out if this bud's for me, if this bud's for Derek, or if this bud is for you. Matt, Take us to commercial. This commercial break is brought to you by Canvas Malibu. Canvas Malibu is a boutique and contemporary art gallery in Malibu, California. At Canvas Malibu, it starts with art, and their curated offering of shoes, apparel, accessories, and art are a definite must-see. Canvas Malibu is located in the Malibu Country Mart or online at canvasmalibu.com. 
Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. Today is your decision-making day. Is this bud for you or is it not? So before we get into all that, we need to have the solid foundation and who better not to give the history, the stats, and the cold hard facts than the lovely Dion. Dion, what do you have on this marijuana thing that we are discussing today? Well, Sean Linda, thank you for the intro. Um, marijuana, like so many other things, dates back as far as 2737 BC. So we were lighting up way back then, too. It has been referenced in ancient Chinese. We? Wait a second. You, wait, hold. you said we were lighting up? <laughs> Let's go straight. I, I, I For the audience, Lizard, Dion uh, never even lit up candy cigarettes, all right? I For confess. the more we. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, it has been referenced in ancient Chinese medicine and soon spread from China to India, North Africa, and then Europe. By 580. Hey, what about, what about, hey, to all the fellow Rastaman out there, what about ganja was found on King Solomon's grave? That's not part of your history? Um, well, I didn't get that far, but I mean, I'm sure if we dug deep enough. But uh, it was in, in 1545 that Spanish explorers brought the plant to North America. And it, so it was, those, it was those Spaniards. But by 1611, it was introduced to Jamestown, in Jamestown, and it quickly became a staple commercial crop. Marijuana and tobacco. Yeah. By 1890, cotton actually replaced hemp as the major cash crop, and then marijuana uh, basically fell off the, fell off the market. Um, but it was when alcohol was outlawed in the 1920s that you saw a big resurgence in marijuana. Um, ma- marijuana clubs began to pop up all around the city. It was a night. Yes. Um, then in the 1930s, it was the U.S. Federal Bureau of Narcotics uh, that began a campaign to literally reframe the image of marijuana. So it went from recreational uh, and and medicinal to that of basically addictive and a substance that leads to narcotics addiction. And of course, we know with Reagan and Bush, they really um, maintained that whole zero tolerance campaign with regards to marijuana use and possession known as the war on drugs. And that's when it got a bad rap. And yeah. Wow. From the from the VHS videos I've seen, you know, from the from the old videos. <laughs> What's seen, a VHS? What are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it looked crazy. It looked like New Jack City from the highlights. People kicking in doors and things. I mean, at least medical cannabis, on the other hand, seemed to fare pretty well. As recently as the late 70s, the United States began noticing the benefits of cannabis in the medical field, starting with the legalization of medical use in New Mexico in 1978. Yeah, and the legal history of cannabis pertains to the regulation for medical, recreational, and industrial purpose in the U.S. So recreational, medical purposes, that's the legal definition. Cannabis actually was officially outlawed in 1970 by the Controlled Substance Act. And despite federal laws of implementing laws that conflicted with federal laws beginning with the CA Proposition 215 in 1996, which allowed the use of medical cannabis without the normal food and drug testing. Think about that. Everything has to pass the FDA nowadays. And they were able to lobby them to get around not having to use the FDA to approve this medical drug. (laughs) (laughs) And it was conceived by activist Dennis Peron, in memory of his partner, Jonathan West, who will use marijuana to help him treat his AIDS back in 1991. Wow, that, that history is so interesting. I mean, that 
all of that, all of that restriction, all of those blockades were in effect until about 2009. Up to that point, the federal government attempted to slow the growth of cannabis by any means necessary. Like I said, criminal raids, prosecutions to civil injunctions, seizing property. And it's just, it's crazy. But in general, in general, <laughs> that federal pressure has been greatly reduced. It has. And that's when we really saw the medical cannabis race heat up. Uh, at the time, uh, L.A. County was estimated to have more than one thousand dispensaries and denver estimated to have more dispensaries than starbucks it was a weed rush (laughs) (laughs) the great weed rush of the 2000s nobody's i'll claim that whoever's taking that uh, you owe me some money it's the great weed rush of the 2000s sounds like the mile high city see what i did (laughs) mile high city Oh my God, Derek! The jokes are for me, not for you. you uh, stick all to right, the facts. all right, all right. Well, the, the Mile High City, Denver, <laughs> really saw growth in medical dispensaries due to President Obama's pledge not to use federal resources to interfere with state medical cannabis laws. And that's really interesting because I'm having a really hard time remembering when presidents let the states decide to live by their own state laws. Just yep, yep, yep. And on November 6, 2012, Derek, Colorado and Washington became the first two states and the first two places in the world to legalize marijuana for adult years. And two years later, Alaska, Oregon, and Washington, D.C. followed suit. And in 2016, voters in four additional states, California, Massachusetts, Maine, and Nevada, also approved ballot measures legalizing marijuana. And in January 2018, Vermont, not far from Canada, just over the border, became the first state to legalize marijuana throughout a state legislation. Bernie, you know what you're doing up there. And, and they say, <laughs> they said more states are expected to legalize it in the near future. Look, I, I get it. The U.S. has come a long way with cannabis, but we still have to be honest here. It's very taboo to talk about in many circles. It can be a sensitive subject that raises eyebrows with it being legal in one state but not another. I mean, I'm still confused about what is and isn't illegal in cannabis in each of these states. How do we get here? Exactly. It, it is confusing. I mean, if I drive back to New York, and if I drive to Vermont, and once I hit in New York, it's, it's kind of illegal. But, you know, there's a business behind it. People see the opportunity with it, and people are now saying it does minimal damage and so forth. So perception is changing. I mean, today the word pot is no longer politically correct. Marijuana is considered medicine. Swag is low-grade medicine. And Snoop Doggy Dog's chronic is high-grade medicine. Growers are vendors. So, like, Daniel and Deborah are no longer drug dealers. They're medical marijuana providers. Man, things are changing, my brother. Opportunity is there. I hope you open to your eyes to see that, as I've been saying all along, this bud could be for you. And with that being said, Matt, it's time for us to get some pig ash and make some money so take us to commercial and let's continue with this topic this buds for you people stay tuned it's two black guys with good credit nicknightdirect.com is the fast easy way to shop online to buy an item from any u.s website just go to nicknightdirect.com that's n-i-c-n-a-t direct.com Choose your method of payment and we'll ship, handle duties, and deliver your items straight to your door. I'm Sean of NickNightDirect.com and you have my word. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Today we're talking about This Buds For You. And now let's get into, like I said, people didn't understand my translation in the previous, K-Gash is equivalent for cash, money, dollars in your pocket, Derek. 
can't get I'll with let you it. Do your lingo, you know. So Dion, is there? Tell us the money game behind this thing. Tell us how big this industry size this thing for Derek, please. Ah, the legal pot industry is a mere six point six billion dollars. With seven of those dollars, uh, seven and ten dollars going to medical marijuana, and the other three of those ten dollars going to recreational marijuana. So the overall industry has been projected to quadruple over the next decade, and that's according to the new Frontier data. And that's a research company that just strictly analyzes the marijuana market, just to give you an idea. <laughs> wow, that's an amazing stat, Dion. For people that are really paying attention to what you just said, it's like, you would think that most of the money made from marijuana, the perception was, and they thought when it became legal that it'd be made from recreational use. But no, on the contrary, most profits made from marijuana is 70% of it is made from medical use to show how much there was a demand and need for this thing to help people in sickness. So if you're thinking about a business, you got to keep that in mind, what markets you want to attack. You know, this is all due to a major shakeup in Washington and an avalanche of new state based legislation efforts. A flood of new capital is pouring into the U.S. cannabis market in anticipation of the end of the federal prohibition on cannabis. Yeah, I mean, the investors are hype around the legalization of medical marijuana. Um, I bet they are. And there's quite a few factors that are you know, driving that, but one of them is estimates by firms like Euromonitor. Uh, they're predicting that the American market for illegal, for sorry, for legal marijuana products will reach as high as twenty billion dollars by twenty twenty, and that's four times its size uh, in two thousand fifteen. You guys are really not that opening long my eyes to these numbers. I mean, all right, so so we're talking about a lot of money here, big money with the big <laughs> we're talking billions. about we're talking a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. So I have to say this to our listeners before we go any further. Please do your research. With this being a multi-billion dollar industry and vague rules, the industry is ripe for abuse, scams, and misunderstandings. The problem is that with the laws being vague, i.e. legal statewide but not federally, it leaves enforcement up to subjective interpretation, and that can lead to serious jail time. Yeah, I agree with you, Derek. Like, I mean, you really got to know your business in this. You really got to understand the dynamics because just because it's being state legal and federally illegal creates a huge position where you could find yourself in an uncompromising position, you know, but there are still big celebrity players in the game. And I'm sure to no one's surprise, Snoop Doggy Dog is a big player in the marijuana industry. He's on t- he, exactly. That's a stretch. He's, uh, never yeah, he's, believed it. You never would have believed it, right? He said he's on pace to make more money from weed than he did in music, and he made 135 million in music. He spent 25 million of his own money to start a marijuana fund. And even former Facebook president Sean Parker, PayPal co-founder Peter Thiel. And billionaire George Soros have all invested heavily in marijuana, in the weed nuts. Well, let me just put it on put it to you in a on a global scale. They're they're not getting in this for no reason. Uh, according to the UN, uh, the marijuana market is valued at 142 billion dollars. And I'm how? just going to put that. At, yeah, so I'm just going to put that in perspective. The global coffee market is only valued at 80 billion per year. Wow. wow, that's close to double. So they and Starbucks ain't got nothing on weed. <laughs> ain't got nothing. <laughs> you know, in, in 2018 was a big year for cannabis. 
Jeff Sessions, everybody knows that name, I'm sure. Let's tie it all together. The former attorney general being fired opened the doors to passing federal law. Yeah. The, the replacement of Pete Sessions, who was a former chairman of the House of R- Rules of Committee and the person who decides which bills make it to the House floor, Pete Sessions did everything in his power to keep legislation legislation bills from getting to the floor. So these guys, as we as big as we say, out the door, <laughs> it opens up now for federal opportunities to pass the law to legalize it. Yeah. And with this new wave of legalization momentum uh, that began basically uh, last year, uh, a number of key states, including New York, Illinois, New Mexico, New Jersey, and Connecticut, uh, if if these five states are successful at initiating uh, some kind of adult use cannabis legalization in 2019, it would put more pressure on the federal government to lift the prohibition on cannabis. So the pressure's on. I guess the good thing is with all that new money pumping in and state legislation changing, that means new opportunities in the U.S. cannabis market for 2019. I mean, there are a lot of U.S. cannabis stocks that we just expect to absolutely crush in 2019. Some of them are innovative industrial properties, Curaleaf Holdings, Liberty Health Sciences, Mary Med, Acreage Holdings. I mean, there's tons of them. So, I mean, hit the Google and check them out. Yeah, and Canadian stocks as well made a ton of money after the country fully legalized cannabis. So U.S. Uh, US investors are speculating that the same thing is going to happen. In some cases, they made a gain of, check this out, 3,100% return. So meaning if you invested $10, you would have made $31,000. Isn't that crazy? I'm not going to lie. A lot of the skepticism came because I did not believe Sean when he told me. I just swore he was lying. I knew you were making up these numbers in your head or something, so I looked it up for myself. You were doubting me, dog? You were doubting I had, me? I'm sorry. I've, I've got to do my own research here. So, so when I looked this up, the first cannabis IPO available to U.S. investors was from the Canadian company Tilray on July, 8, July 19th, 2018. That time, it was going for $23 a share, going up to nearly a high of 300 300 that's crazy. I have to say the possibilities are real. $300 a share gives you a return of over 1,200%. That's crazy. Compared to any savings account or indexes, that's just that's out of this world. And the opportunity is still there, people. That's why we're doing the show, because there's a plenty of opportunity. It's Remember, it's not federally legal yet, so you still have time to get in when it becomes federal. That's why we're doing this show. I thought this was quite interesting because the bulk of where the marijuana is produced is in Humboldt County in California. Uh, 60% of it actually produced uh, right there. Wow. Well, make no mistake, the full-scale legalization of cannabis on a federal level is about to happen, baby people. And unless you hate money, you should absolutely, and I don't really go all in like this. Not saying I'm not telling you to go all in, but you should absolutely have some, some is a strong word, some portion of your portfolio reserve for U.S. high or weed or ganja or pot stocks. Yes, definitely worth looking into those stocks. Uh, one of them being Novus Acquisition and Development Corp., also known on as OTC, uh, a company that provides health insurance and medical plans to patients who pursue alternative treatment with medical marijuana. You can see all kinds of interesting industries are popping up. This is one of the biggest winners in the marijuana space back in 2014. Uh, A $10,000 investment uh, would have turned into $240,000 in less than a year if you invested $50,000 in Insys. 
That's INSYS Therapeutics. In 2013, in two and a half years, it was worth $800,000. Talk to me. Money to be made. That's a lot. So we saw from the investor side, but for people trying to get into the retail side of cannabis, there could be massive financial roadblocks. States like Massachusetts require permits where applicants must possess over $500,000 to apply. I mean, that's liquid cash in hand. I don't know if you've got that, Sean, but I don't got that. <laughs> uh, let, me not, let, let me not go there. But for our Canadian listeners, because we do have a lot of Canadian listeners, and thank you so much for listening, you can apply for a license under the following conditions. To apply for or renew a cannabis license, you must meet all of the following conditions. I said all, okay, people? Not one, all. You are not the subject of a receivership of your debts. You have not failed to comply with any act of parliament other than the Excess Act 2001 or of a provincial or territorial legislation that deals with taxation or control of alcohol or tobacco or any regulation under it in the past five years. And you have not acted to defraud Her Majesty in the past. So, hey, if there's two black guys out there with good credit in Canada, you can apply for the legalized weed if you meet all those conditions. You can sell it. Look, there's, there's many ways to go about it. And if I were going to go into it, I'd probably start looking at alternatives in some cases. I mean, why couldn't you simply just invest in the products that are codependent on cannabis, like smoking pipes, lighters, rolling papers, etc.? You know, I think that's a very good point, Derek. People always think that, you know, you have to be directly involved in a business to make money. And to me, I manage risk. You know, with, with, with weed, there could be a lot of exposure and risk, just, you know, as far as threat, robbery, people like that. But if you're just providing the pipes to, or the lighters... It's less exposure, and you can probably turn such a great. Pro- you can turn. You can, excuse me. You can probably still turn a great profit if you're more of a supporting role. You know, suppliers in the weed industry can be unreliable. You can't really trust anybody. And you know, as as much as I love the weed industry, you really need to smoke weed to be able to sell it. I mean, I don't have a nose for it. You could be selling me grass for my lawn for all I know. I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. So, I think you really. This is one of the situations where I think you may need to get a little bit high on your own supply. Right, right. I mean, that, that's this is what I'm trying to tell you here. This, this is what I'm telling you about my skepticism. This is where it comes from. Oh, yeah, you know? yeah. Wah, wah, I'm just saying, you, you need some more stable ideas. See, if I lived in a cannabis-friendly state, I'd, I'd look at opening a butt and breakfast or something, like a, a yeah, lead from that's Airbnb. clever. Or making making a cannabis subscription box or something. You, you, know, you just want to be able to come up with some, maybe even edibles edibles i mean i'm sure i could chef up something maybe chef boy id my own stuff with my own my own personal oregano you know the the, the sky's the limit on some of that stuff yeah and another good way i thought of to, to when reading through this stuff another good way to enter the market is actually indirectly invest in doc hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Doctors' offices that pre- that prescribe medical marijuana, you know, if, and help su- support doctors that prescribe prescribe this stuff because we said seventy percent of the money made from marijuana is from the doctor's office from pres- prescriptions. Yes, um, but if you really want to get more into more details and get into the nitty gritty, call your cannabis legal services um, for the U.S. Here it's two one two two one nine two one nine three or 646-921-7432. But look into your local cannabis legal services. They're out and there. And when you call them, tell them two black guys recommended that you call them, okay? Give us a plug, please. Yes, but don't call us if you get locked up. <laughs> I can't help you. <laughs> I, I don't want to see the feds. You may not get locked in state, but they say fed is better than state prison. So, hey, if you had to choose, i choose fed over state. So, hey, look at it from that way. There's always an upside. That's true. And... As we're going down this road, there are also several companies that are like-minded when it comes to going around the cannabis industry. Companies that specialize in vapes, point-of-sale systems, social media. There's even an angel investor group called the ArcView Group that's specifically for the cannabis business. Their sole purpose is to provide seed funding for what should be profitable cannabis businesses. So I'm thinking something like you're, you're doing a Shark Tank style approach, something where you're coming in front of a board of people and... You know, you're, you're pitching your idea. At least that's that's how I think these things go. It could be totally off base. I think you're onto something there, Derek. A shark tank for cannabis business. Um, looks like companies like Coca-Cola might want to get in. Huh, I'm not surprised because, you know, the original business was Coke. And that's so funny ah, now. Coca. <laughs> and Canada, uh, there's a company called Aurora uh, Cannabis. Uh, they've discussed uh, intentions of creating a cannabis-infused drink. And while those haven't materialized yet, it shows the possibilities that are starting to become available from a very interesting investment point of view. Oh, that's great. I mean, like, like I said, there's so many different ways you can approach this thing. Uh, finally, if, if you guys have a certain type of talent or skill, I would say take that to the industry. I'm in IT, so I would just take some of my IT talents over there and see if I can maintain their databases or something. For our listeners that do have a specific talent like accounting, consulting, financial services, you provide a niche offering to the cannabis industry. I'm sure there's money to be made because of the risk you're taking. And the high risk could lead to high rewards. What we're trying to tell you people, this this field is wide open. So you could create an opportunity there. As long as there's a, once there's a demand for weed and hasn't been satisfied yet, you can create an opportunity and find your way into this market and not by not even directly selling it. But there's, a, there's so many different opportunities up for you to, to match your skill set with what's needed in the industry. But I'll tell you this. This is a catch-22 that's disappointing to me, is that people who have drug felonies based on reed, weed and, their, and, and marijuana and their criminal records, and they're probably meaning could be the expertise about cannabis stemming from the use of cannabis and were convicted for it, you may not be able to profit directly now that cannabis is legal. As we mentioned, though, there are still, there are still several indirect ways in which you can profit from it. So just because they won't allow you to actually sell it, why don't take that risk. There's other opportunities that you can take and still make as much money. 
so yeah, this bud's for you, this bud's for me, this bud's maybe for Derek. We still don't know. I don't know the answer yet, but we're finding some interesting stuff. And hey, this bud may even be for Dion. We may see Dion lighting <laughs> one of us. So with that being said, let's go to commercial and we'll be back with more Two Black Guys with Good Credit. Hello, good people. This is Sean from Two Black Guys with Good Credit. First of all, thank you so much for listening to our show. I truly, truly appreciate you guys listening in. Guess what? I have some exciting news for you guys. Back by popular demand is our free, free, that's right, free financial literacy series. We're back at it, we're back at it again, teaching free financial literacy, commencing February 7th. That's right, February 7th. And we have partnered this time with Microsoft. Yep, Microsoft. So the first class will be at their flagship store, which is 677 Fifth Avenue, New York, New York. And then commencing after that from every Tuesday, from February 12th to April 9th, that's two days before my birthday, which is April 11th. So shout me out if you want to on April 11th. No, that'd be great. We'll be teaching at The Galvanize, which is 303 Spring Street, New York, New York. I know what you're thinking. Some of you guys, unfortunately, may not be able to make it to Manhattan for all the classes, some of the classes, or none of the classes. So what we've done this time, we were able to live stream the classes. That's right, live stream the classes. So wherever, whatever part of the world you're living in, you can still get these key financial literacy classes. But all you have to do, people, is simply RSVP because seating and space is limited. RSVP at Live Financially Clean dot splash that dot com once again live financially clean dot splash that dot com so i'm sean linda once again i hope to see you all there physically but if you can't be there then please tune in and listen in on the live stream thank you guys once again for listening to the show and happy finance to you and keep your money where it belongs in your damn pocket i'm out Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, a show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. As we said all along, this buzz for you. So now, let's get deeper into this. So since marijuana isn't legal federally and banks fall under federal law, you really can't bank monies obtained from marijuana sales, Derek. Hey, look, you're preaching to the choir. That's what I've been trying to tell you. I've been... You I've have. been trying to knock on these doors and get you to understand that financial institutions are intimately connected to the federal government. So if something is illegal federally, many banks want nothing to do with it. So if you have a business that's federally illegal and cash-based, where do you put your business in common? Well, apparently there is there is a, a Colorado-based credit union, uh, long-standing since 1931, that has established itself as the cannabis industry's largest bank. Uh, in 2017 alone, are they high? <laughs> uh, their cannab- the cannabis sales accounted for 931 million dollars of assets, nearly all of it in cash. Okay, all right, all right, I get it. So you said you said Colorado, which is obvious, right? I mean, there have to be some outliers. I have heard that there are some some others, a small handful, but I'm sure those are all word of mouth. Something you're not going to see a flyer for that. You're not going to get a social media advertisement for that. <laughs> you have to sign an NDA or something not to advertise the service. So you'll be meeting in back rooms. Or you have to be put on with a connect. I mean, how is this any different than being a drug dealer again? It's legal. It's, it's legal. Oh, okay. That's the only difference. Oh, is legal. Okay. okay. <laughs> uh, but just to further that, uh, by the end of March, 
of this year, there will be 411 banks and credit unions in the U.S. that are actively operating accounts for marijuana business. So it will make it easier for you to do business here. And that's according to a report from the Treasury Department's Financial Crimes Enforcement Network. Uh, so that's up more than 20 percent. All right. All right. So you... You, you got me with a little bit of facts. I can't lie. I can't, I can't dispute those facts. States tax marijuana sales through a variety of licensing fees, uh, excise taxes, and sales taxes. So there's also that part of the business that we haven't talked about yet. Uh, Washington and Colorado, for example, they began allowing um, adult use of marijuana in 2014. Um, and they've been taxing uh, 25% on growers to um, processors, but then they really got smart and said, you know what, we're just going to move to one single uh, excise tax. So now they actually go uh, a full 37% on the gross of retail receipts, uh, and that way they were able to simplify the enforcement of the, and avoid double taxation. But just think about that, 37% tax on all of those sales, that's serious do-re-mi. And that's going right to the government. They're loving it. Exactly, exactly. But we should still talk about. I know Derek, you would know much about it, but there's a, you know there's a criminal element side of it that that people are not seeing. And like I always say, I always manage the risk. The upside, making money is the upside. You got to manage the downside. You know, people have to get special storage lockers of their product. Can't tell anybody where it is. They have to be you know have safe caches, safe safes, safes for caches for cash. You know, and then there's hustlers out there. There's the element. Hustlers are trying to rob these lockers and safe guns, and there's really no repercussion. You calling the police in most cases is a waste of time. Then you're gonna then you gotta look to protect yourself. You're gonna get have to get a guns license, face the element of having to, you know, maybe have to shoot somebody. You're, you're you know, describing is, a is it really movie. You're, you're describing the plot. So, I'm so like, like Jack hustler. <laughs> and then the, there's a constant risk of, of of paranoia of arrest, you know, from the federal government, from the FBI. You know, if they want to find a reason, they'll just find a reason. Hey, we don't like Derek. Let's get him on this marijuana charge now. You know, federal government says we don't differentiate this. Listen very closely, people. OK, this is one thing you should take. Write this down. The federal government says we do not differentiate between those who use state laws to dispense marijuana and those who traffic marijuana on the street corner. So they're saying just because you have a fancy up weed shop, they don't look at you any different than the guy trying to sell a nickel bag on the corner of and and Bedford Stuyvesant. The the listeners can't see me putting my arms up in the air. They they can't see me putting my arms up in the air saying this is what I was saying. It's but it's 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 interesting. So suppose that you're just an innocent bystander. You work at one of these stores, right? Well, if you if you work at a dispensary, if you're an employee in the cannabis industry in the U.S., this also carries a risk because federal labor laws don't apply to cannabis businesses working at the state level. That means that some employers can operate without offering benefits, workers' compensation, anti-discrimination policies. The list goes on. So all the things that the government would normally protect you from, you don't have those same protections because you're going against federal law. Exactly. And let's talk about even in-house setting up your shop. You know, the thing to remember is the security needed for the business. You need, like, physical big dudes like me security guards. <laughs> big dudes. <laughs> you, feel, you feel what I'm saying, Derek? Not you lightweights. <laughs> Not you lightweight. Not you JJ good time looking guys. You know, they need big time guys like me. Rock diesel type. You know what I'm saying? Me and rock. And, you know, you need to have secure transport. You know, armored trucks probably. And, you know, and, and store loss and prevention for, you know, sticky fingers. 
security cameras and sensors for automated security, reinforced walls. People got to come through your walls for this weed, weed, weed as well. Like banks to deter break-ins and easy escape. Data security to protect an anonymy of clients and most likely a good disaster recovery and business continu- continuity to protect the product and store from extreme weather and power outages. Yeah, your power goes down with implants, you in trouble, trouble, trouble. Yeah, it's a lot of security. And like Deion said, you got a big tax to pay too, 37%. Yeah, and, and, and that leads me to my, to my next point. We've talked about everything except taxes. Wise man once said the only thing certain in life is life is what life, death, and taxes. It's how do we not talk about that with a business that's all cash and prefers to be anonymous? How complicated do your taxes get? I mean, many businesses are structured this way, but now your odds of getting an audit seem considerably higher to me. I'd be worried that the audit was part of a sting operation or something. You know, I I drive up to Maryland to see my family, and all of a sudden I'm getting pulled over, and that that leads to something else. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm just paranoid. What are you getting pulled over for too much RAM in your computer? What are you getting pulled I over doing? <laughs> it, it just seems like it just seems like it opens the door for other situations. You know. Oh man, and the, yeah, it's true. And the criminals are so creative. I read one article was interesting. They called it they called it in California's popular. It's called a takeover robbery. Mm. That's when thieves dress up as LAPD and pretend they're raiding the store, then then hostage take the clients hostage and steal everything in sight. And they and when a friend when a, when you try to call the police for help, they ain't doing anything. The cops actually in one instance arrested the people that called in. Oh yeah, I saw that on the the town. I'm telling this whole thing seems like a yeah. movie. The, the whole... <laughs> Man, I, look, I still think it's risky. I definitely think it's risky. But I can't, I can't, I can't argue with the returns. I mean, there's a lot of opportunity that exists in this industry. I'm- yeah, I don't want to downplay it either. The, the opportunities are there. The returns are there. So, you know, the decision comes to you. Is this bud for you? Dion, is this bud for you? Oh, don't answer that, Dion. You already rolled one up already. Well, yeah, with that being said, we're going to go to one more commercial break. And I want you guys to ponder on the fact and sit with your significant other or sit with yourself and decide, hey, is this bud for me? Or I should just continue to do my own thing and just roll it up myself. Matt, take us to commercial. Thank you, Sean. This sponsorship break is brought to you by Clean. Clean is a financial literacy program designed to educate youth in a fun and interactive way through class lessons, workshops, and web seminars. To bring it to a school or organization near you, please visit www.financiallyclean.com. Welcome back to Two Black Guys with Good Credit, the show for the financially curious and the financially knowledgeable. So today we're able to pick it up, break it down, roll it up, light it up, and smoke it. But you have to decide, is this bud for you? So based on that, Dion, what do you have to say? Is it bud for you? Well, I'm going to plead the fifth there, but what I do want to say is this. Oh my God, you're so politically correct. Ah, I like that. Um, one thing I do want to leave people with is that there is a social good component to the marijuana uh, business. Uh, states are allocating revenue uh, from marijuana sales. Uh, Colorado, for example, uh, distributed $230 million to their Colorado Department of Education uh, between 2015 and 2017 alone uh, to fund school construction, uh, early literacy, bullying prevention, and behavioral health. Uh, Oregon is allocating about 40% of their tax revenue to states, uh, to their state school fund. Um, and then you've got California and Massachusetts 
who will invest a share of their marijuana tax revenue to communities most adversely impacted by drug arrests and incarceration, uh, particularly low-income communities of color. So to think that, you know, the marijuana business can actually do some good uh, for community at large, uh, especially helping those uh, that have been harmed by unequal draw law enforcement. So definitely something to ponder if if you're deciding if this buds for you. And don't forget to leave us a five-star review to make it easier for others to find us. Like Kemley Josie, who says, two black guys with good credit. Love the name. I listen to this podcast religiously. I enjoy how well the show is put together. The topics people can really relate to. I always feel the energy of how genuine the staffs are when I listen. I got a chance to meet the staff at its enti- in its entirety at the Wealth Wednesday event they were hosting, and I really got to see firsthand how caring they are about their community. People within our community never had this kind of information to help th- help them through the tough times. The conversation I had with Sean, Linda, and Dion Nichols empowered me and showed me how they want to help change the community. Thank you to the whole team for doing what they are doing. Keep up the amazing work. God bless you, my brothers and sisters. Kemley, Josie, God bless you. Thank you for listening. We appreciate your support. And with that, I'm going to say my name is Dion Nichols. Proud to say the lady with the history, the stats, and the cold hard facts. Yeah, thank you, Dion. I just want to say you know, that we really appreciate you listeners that listen to our show I mean, it's helped. It's our show has grown in so many ways. We actually just got ranked one of the top hundred podcasts in in the United States. So, with you listening and forwarding us to your friends and family, has helped us evolve. And we really try to bring in top quality shows. And please email us your ideas of any shows that you may have that you may want to share. That you may want us to take topics that you may want us to discuss. Share them with us. We are welcome to to try to um, you know do shows that you guys want to hear so email us and rate us as well and leave a comment as as all of our, as some of our fans do so with that being said Derek please give us your bottom line yep so cannabis has always had a storied controversial history in the US like many other industries that have struggled the legal line ultimately becoming legal and profitable since cannabis is so profitable yet federally illegal consider the pros and cons when attempting to ride the wave The first person to kick the door down usually gets shot. There's no shame in being the 10th one through. You'll live and still be profitable. I'm Derek Poe, the Credit King, a.k.a. the younger half of the two black guys with good credit, signing off. Unfortunately, this bud is not for me. Wah, wah, wah. Well, the bottom line is that marijuana is no longer the underground drug that can only be bought on the streets corners from criminals. It's now a viable industry that makes investors an absolute fortune. I would say federal federal not regulating still makes it a risky, impossible, unsafe industry. I'd recommend to hold tight and wait until it's federally legal where you can buy stock or if you want to start your own business, you have both federal and state laws on your side. And if you're too anxious, move to Canada. I have to agree with you, Derek. This bud is not for me. I'm the great Sean Linda, the better half and wiser half of two black guys with good credit, and I'm out. Keep your money where it belongs, people, in your damn pocket. See ya. Hello, good people. This is Sean from Two Black Guys with Good Credit. First of all, thank you so much for listening to our show. I truly, truly appreciate you guys listening in. Guess what? 
I have some exciting news for you guys. Back by popular demand is our free, free, that's right, free financial literacy series. We're back at it, we're back at it again, teaching free financial literacy, commencing February 7th. That's right, February 7th. And we have partnered this time with Microsoft. Yep, Microsoft. So the first class will be at their flagship store, which is 677 Fifth Avenue, New York, New York. And then commencing after that from every Tuesday, from February 12th to April 9th, that's two days before my birthday, which is April 11th. So shout me out if you want to on April 11th. No, that'd be great. We'll be teaching at the Galvanize, which is 303 Spring Street, New York, New York. I know what you're thinking. Some of you guys, unfortunately, may not be able to make it to Manhattan for all the classes, some of the classes, or none of the classes. So what we've done this time, we were able to live stream the classes. That's right, live stream the classes. So wherever, whatever part of the world you're living in, you can still get these key financial literacy classes. But all you have to do, people, is simply RSVP because seating and space is limited. RSVP at Live Financially Clean dot splash that dot com once again live financially clean dot splash that dot com so i'm sean linda once again i hope to see you all there physically but if you can't be there then please tune in and listen in on the live stream thank you guys once again for listening to the show and happy finance to you and keep your money where it belongs in your damn pocket i'm out 